United States of Lead is an informative podcast that may contain sensitive material and the occasional F-bomb. Listener discretion is advised. States of Lead, a podcast about crime, mental decline, and the lead thread that links them. This week, we are going to dive into the possible links of lead poisoning and one of history's most famous composers, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. So while I was listening to a recent episode of Wine and Crime, they were discussing a case which took place in 1600s Rome. I don't want to get too much into this topic because I'm saving it for a much more extensive episode because it is wild. However, There was a brief mention of Mozart claiming that he had been poisoned, and it's made me start to think about that supposed madness that overcame him prior to his death, which then led me to think, no pun intended, about the powdered wigs and makeup he wore. And we already know all that information about the lead from the powder that was used with powdered wigs and makeup from that time. Right. I mean, we we know about powdered wigs, and we can say it's from wigs, it's from makeup, but also we know it was kind of from... Everywhere. Everything. <laughs> yeah, spoiler was also in everything. But I mean, if you had enough money for wigs and makeup, you just kind of were <laughs> screwing yourself. But yeah, and specifically like the Venetian Ceruse we had discussed, and that was the white makeup that mm-hmm. everybody at the time just loved wearing. And then this also made me realize that I need to rewatch Amadeus. It's been a while. Have you ever seen it? This is so sad because I do really like this movie. I I don't know enough about like the historical Mozart, but the yeah. character, most of what I know about Mozart, honestly, is from movie? the movie. And it's just really sad. I side with Salieri as well. And the other thing about this movie that I'll just share is I started watching it in like fifth grade. It came out in 1983. S- I didn't realize that. I saw it on like, you know, VHS in like grade school and we couldn't finish the movie. So I ended up. It's so long. It's really long. But, you know, this is sort of like a 20 year old would understand this now, but like trying to track down a copy (laughs) of that and also remember like what the movie was about. Like not every even though it was a popular movie, it took me years to find this movie again and then be able to finish it. So I, I like didn't know how it ended. It just. I'd say like elementary school is when it started doing those replays on TV. Okay. I never saw it replayed on TV. And yeah, that's where I actually saw it was it was cool. always like on repeat. I can't remember what station it was, but <sighs> I should have was it'd be like Saturday late morning, early afternoon movie. We got Kung Fu movies at that time. 
Nice, nice. (laughs) So like we were saying, we're not really sure how historically accurate the movie Amadeus is, but I do, I recommend everybody watch it. It's insane. One of the main things though that they emphasize is him getting sick and becoming paranoid and mad near the end. I have to rewatch it because I can't remember if he was sick all the time in the movie or if it was just near the end where they say he's sick. Because I feel like he, the story that I remember is him kind of living a double life of handkerchief kind of sick and just holding his handkerchief, but then progressively got worse and worse and worse and then was just off the rails. Yeah, we should be towards the end. Right. So this podcast is just going to be about, uh, yeah, (laughs) how we don't quite remember a movie. Yeah. (laughs) We are now an Amadeus, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart podcast. And Which we refuse to watch. We'll just try to remember yes. what we think we yes. remember. <laughs> yes, but I do definitely remember him being paranoid at the end. Like that was yes. That yeah. sticks up. So let's dive into the life of Mozart. Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart was born on January 27, 1756, and he was baptized as Johann. Christosimus Wolfgangus Theopulius Mozart. Dang! <laughs> so say that 10 times fast. I can see why he decided to just go as Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, which I thought was a long enough name to begin with. And also there's not even Amadeus. Yeah, I was just thinking like, what does that mean? And why was that? A, oh, whatever. Yeah, you do you. To love God. Amadeus love God. means to love God. All right, good to know. Fun facts. So he was born in Salzburg in the Holy Roman Empire. Mozart was the youngest of seven children, but five of those children died in infancy. Tough times. Man, that's just, just, yeah. That's just the way it was. Yeah, it's like five of those children died in infancy, AKA normal Tuesday back then. Like it's just. Did you see that New York declared a national emergency for polio? I did not see that. Yeah, like two days ago. Oh my God. What is happening? We laugh about that now, but. Those times apparently might come back. Vaccinate your children, please. Anyways. Just take the jab. Anyways, Wolfgang Amadeus created his first musical composition at the age of four or five, which I feel like a failure now. But um... <laughs> right. that's not fair. <laughs> and also, Ruby, let's let's get going. You just yeah. four. Where's that composition? I want to see it. And apparently, the Mozart family was like the Partridge family, which I didn't know. I love this. His father, his sister, and him traveled and toured as a family from 1762 to 1773. So almost 10 years. Now, some of this travel was on and off, but one of their musical tours lasted three and a half years, which is fucking insane because he was like six at the time. So he was six. And when they were done, he was nine. Is that? Well, we'll we'll get, we're going to continue going through this, but just the fact that he's that old on the road, living tour life with his dad and sister. Was his sister older? Yes. So what does she do? You know, there's pictures. Hold on a second. She might have just sang. Let's see here quick. Because they have a picture of them performing together on the road. It looks like his dad played the violin. He played the piano. She, I think, I don't know. What the fuck is she holding? I don't know. Yeah, she just Uh, sang. That's just a piece of the composition. So yeah, so she was the, the lead singer. Dad was the violinist, so he was like the bassist. And then Mozart was like lead guitar because he was the pianist awesome so they're the partridge family they're touring all the time what i noticed too when we just looked at that picture is that they're all wearing those powdered wigs right 
those were generally safe for special occasions and stuff like that. But they were doing these performances all the time. So they were wearing these powdered wigs. So they're the children. They're at these formidable years yes. and they're at these constant special occasions and they're performing. So like this is not a light caking of of makeup and hair powder. And it's not infrequent. It's no. all the time for like 10 years. Wow. And also, I know that we talked about lead poisoning from powdered wigs, but just a little refresher from English history authors, all our sources, always in the episode description of every website, quote, the powder was often highly toxic since it was made from white lead. And this is specifically the powder that goes on the wigs. Okay. The wise covered their face with a conical mask while the dresser applied the dusty powder because otherwise the ingestion of lead would have been really unpleasant, leading to nausea, dizziness, headaches, paralysis, in some cases, even death, end quote. Maybe I'm making this up. I feel like in the movie, they show that. They have this. Yeah, really maybe it's in, this. we need to rewatch it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we like, oh. continue to speculate, but we really need to watch it. We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I just have to remind, nausea, dizziness, yeah. headaches, paralysis, because paralysis is going to come up again, so. Just so sad. This is going to get so sad. Oh, absolutely. And remember that a hundred percent of lead that's inhaled is absorbed. Whereas, so if this is just the, like the dust, as you will, Mm -hmm. it's being inhaled versus being ingested. Those are two different things. So we have to keep that in mind too. Whatever this mask is like, it's not some kind of hermetically sealed plastic device. It's like, it's probably a cloth, a decorated cloth that roughly, probably horribly shapes to someone's face, a human face. They're on the road for 10 years. I highly mm-hmm. doubt they did this every time. It seems like a lot of work for when you just got to go quick perform and you're- No, yeah, you just get used to it. Getting out this. of your carriage yep. and you just have to go quick. You put on your wigs quick and your makeup and boom. Yeah, no, it just became normal. Yeah, so but- what's also interesting from this article where this information is, quote, the powder disappeared from use almost overnight in 1795 after the duty on hair powder act and within a few years also fashion changed and powder wigs were no longer popular so they taxed it yes huh and that was their way of getting rid of it so there were still people that used it right it was only for like top and those are people who could have the you know process to like minimize exposure so in 1794 was there some kind of movement or legislation or did people kind of like piece this together like we need to get people to stop using this i'm not sure but mozart did die in 1791 maybe that was the cat oh wow yeah and now granted when okay well well, we're just gonna get to all this okay speculation and mozart's not the only person at that time dying in this manner yeah yeah this supposed madness that overtakes them with sickness like violent vomiting and headaches and fainting. He wasn't the only one dying in this manner. That's just something to note that there were other people dying exactly like this as well. A Hmm. lot of people. (laughs) But anyways, back to his Partridge family days. So the family was touring so much and conditions were really no bueno that they all supposedly endured near fatal illnesses like all the time. So according to an article from the Royal Society of Medicine, quote, in 1762, Wolfgang suffered from catarrh, which it sounds a lot like RSV because it's, quote, an excessive discharge of buildup of mucus in the nose and throat, and it's associated with inflammation of the mucous membrane, end quote. He was treated with something called black epileptical powder and margrave powder, 
both of which are used as anti-epileptics due to his feverish condition. So it's kind of like a preventative. I love that even back then they realized that fevers can turn into convulsions, which I didn't even realize until like I had a kid. So, but fun fact, the black epileptical powder also apparently contained powdered hog skulls. So, you know, that sounds legit, but I couldn't find a lot of information about these things. So the other powder, the Margrave powder Mm -hmm. has a bunch of stuff in it. And it's just, it's just fascinating. And there's also this article I linked where I got the information about that powdered hog skulls. And the dude who wrote it clearly was like high off his balls. Like the way that he writes is just hilarious. This was a, um, someone who used this stuff. Is that? Yeah. It's like, it's a guy who's advocating for the use of it. And it's hilarious. I, I'm, I sure. Highly, I'm sure. I read it and I'm like, bro, get to the point. It's yeah. so funny though. But, but only the finest hog, stu- hog skulls should be, yeah. It's just the most long-winded, absolute bullshit. Like, I don't know how people listen to each other back then with the way that they talk. It's like, get to the fucking point. That's what I said. If you're like half of it was, I just want to know what this was made out of. Get to the fucking point. Anyways, Wolfgang was sick all the fucking time too. Like this was just a spiral and he constantly had upper respiratory infections throughout wow. his life. Mm-hmm. And so this also reminded me too, just a side note of how Chopin was also started touring at a young age and he was always sick all the fucking time and died in a same like despair, miserable manner. It's just very interesting how the trajectory, now they lived quite a distance of time away from each other as far as history is concerned, but there's a lot of parallels to the two of them, which I didn't really realize at first. I'm sure they both were around a lot of lead. Yes. <laughs> and Chopin, I still Safe wanna, guess. <laughs> I still really hope that I can get to a place where I can finish my Chopin screenplay because his life- We all hope that, yeah. Unbelievably fascinating. So I read also one of the main reasons they were sick all the time, which is super interesting, besides the traveling conditions, was that their immunities were not acclimated to the local illnesses during an epidemic time in history. Fascinating. Yes. So these poor kids and dad, but the dad really didn't get sick like them. And that's what's really fucked up with these poor kids. were just constantly getting introduced to these new illnesses that their bodies weren't acclimated for. And spoiler, it did not build their immunity like anti-vaxxers trying to say yeah it didn't seem like his sister was as chronically ill as him but also to remember that she was older than him i think when he was six she was i think she was six years older than him that's so interesting like i wonder if it was because things were so slow and i mean everything was connected of course like there were roads or whatever from town to town but there certainly wasn't the kind of travel that we see today and there certainly wasn't the sort of shipping infrastructure that we see today so like is it because different towns would have had time to just basically make their own version of the disease? You know, if we think of it as COVID and COVID has different iterations or what's the word? Uh, variants? Variants, yeah. Yeah, like if it was, they're like little islands. Like sub-variants, yeah. 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 So they just, like you build up an immunity in Salzburg and then you go to Belgium and it's a new thing, even though it's the same thing. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Because, like, I mean, there's illnesses that we don't see that are in other countries and stuff like that. It would be interesting. I'd love to get into that, though. That's Um, really, it's just sad. They just got a slant, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six punch on that. You're living on the road. And like I said, this isn't like you got a fucking tour bus with all the amenities. You're in, like, a goddamn stagecoach that was, like, pouring rainwater coming into. (laughs) So, and where are you sleeping in between? Are you sleeping, like, yeah. It's, sleeping it's in just, some inn? I don't it know. It sounds terrifying. 
So anyways, in 1767, Wolfgang was struck by smallpox. So he just keeps like getting the hits. Oh my God. Hits keep on coming. Honestly, with how much he was sick though, and with such severe sicknesses, it's kind of impressive that he did live to 35. It It really is impressive. And then I guess we should be grateful for the genius that we were able to. It's wild. And like I said, as far as like the parallel to Chopin, it's the same thing where it's like, man, with how much they did in such a little span of time and with how sick they were. Oh, yeah. Can you, when you're sick, are you thinking of writing like a fucking symphony? I can't write an email. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's- I can barely change my my out of office. Like, I'm not coming in today. It's I'll wild. Be- so Wolfgang was apparently given those powders that I had mentioned <laughs> yeah. all the time when he was sick. Like, his dad was just constantly. More powders, son. Yes. Have you had oh. your powders yet today? Yeah. Oh, my God. So his father also gave him tamarind water often i was thinking turmeric but tamarind oh, yeah. I know what tamarind is but i found it interesting because we had discussed how all mm-hmm. one of the most common exposures of lead recently is tamarind candy from mexico now it's not the actual connection to lead poisoning because the lead poisoning from that is coming from the factories but i just mm-hmm. found that interesting having that connection of tamarind specifically so even with all of this again at eight years old he composed his first symphony so he's fucking on the road, suffering from smallpox, touring, and he still composes his first symphony. When I was eight years old, I literally got a battery <laughs> stuck in my ear. I love it. Oh, it's so amazing. So in 1778, his mother died in Paris. <laughs> this is just awful. This is so sad. I know. It's a great transition from the battery in your ear, too, but... um. <laughs> Which is also sad, but like not (laughs) nearly, yeah. (laughs) When his mother died, the illness caused headaches, shivers, diarrhea, deafness, delirium, and coma. Yeah. And on her death certificate, it claims that she died of heart disease. Because heart disease. Yeah. Uh, Andrea, I think you just copied and pasted symptoms and cause of death for lead poisoning. (laughs) You might need to rewrite this. (laughs) Did I copy and paste the wrong thing? Oh, (laughs) wait. And again, this is from the medical journal that stated From 1778. Yes. So this medical journal also states that doctors were giving her wine with rhubarb powder, which is, as you know, her medicine. And this is horrible. (sighs) Of course that's the medicine. (laughs) (laughs) If it's not cocaine, it has to be wine, but... Especially women were always given the most fucked up shit for their illnesses, but this is the worst. Even though she was constantly asking for oh my God. water, they refused to give it to her. So this poor woman was just like, please, I just need water. I just, I just need water. And give me like, a glass of water. We're doctors. We know better. You need rhubarb powder and wine to make you feel better. And she dies. So that wine was probably also just chock full of lead because remember how we read in the 1600s there was that rise of leaded wine again i recommend an intensive rhubarb treatment with, <laughs> with a fine shibley the woman just wanted some fun they refused oh to give her water She's might have just been living off of wine wine at, yeah how can you imagine just like being all you want is water <laughs> like no no sorry you're just a woman. You don't know any better. Have this wine. 
I can relate to this. I had a really difficult uh, back surgery or back uh, problem where I had to get some uh, like major surgery. And when I was going around to doctors trying to get help, one doctor told me I was 23. And he was telling me like, well, really, we should probably just start you on like an ibuprofen regimen. It's like, you're just too young for it to be a real problem. So um, is the problem that I don't have enough ibuprofen in my body or is the problem like that something might be wrong with my bone structure? (laughs) Yeah. Mom clearly dies from lead poisoning from what I'm assuming because it's literally like, like you said, copy and paste. Um, So that's going on. So another interesting note, is that Wolfgang's face was extremely pitted from the bout of smallpox he had as a child. I didn't know that. Neither did I. So I would say it's safe to assume that he found comfort in wearing a lot of makeup to cover these imperfections as much as possible. So he would have wore even more. Like he wore it a lot, but we can take whatever that a lot number is and like plus. Multiply it. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, times. Because that's, I mean, he is at the time a celebrity, a public figure. Huge celebrity. Matter. Freaking Bon Jovi. He's like, yeah. What's his name? Harry Styles. <laughs> I know. Did you see that shit? What's With that? Him spitting on Chris. Oh, which Chris is it? Did he spit on him? Chris, Chris Pine. Pine. Well, there's controversy about it. He clearly spit on him. Yeah. <gasps> like there's some weird fucked up shit going on. That can of worms is wild. It's just really amusing. But anyways, yeah, that video, I was like, holy Oh, I really want to like Harry Styles. Am I going to not like Harry Styles in like a couple of days? What's going on? Well, this is what I heard is they were filming this movie at the time Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles had an affair. This led to her and what's-his-face's divorce. Ted Lasso. Yeah. Jason Stakis. And the other interesting thing is because apparently Shia LaBeouf was supposed to be in the role of Harry Styles role. I heard I heard this, yeah. But the, yeah, the lead actress was like, I am not working with him. Olivia Wilde tries making it seem like she's the one who put a stop to it, even though Shia LaBeouf sent the text saying her desperately wanting him to still be in it, regardless of the information that came out about the sexual abuse stuff. So Florence Pugh, I think I heard, the last thing I heard was that she she wasn't comfortable. So all that yes. is true. She wasn't comfortable with she wasn't. Shia and the Beef? Yes. Okay. That is true. And but Olivia Wilde's trying to take credit for saying that she put an end to it because of all that stuff, but she didn't. She was still trying to get Shia LaBeouf to be in the movie. And Shia LaBeouf shows the text messages and like the voicemails of her trying to get him to still be in it after. I don't, I certainly wouldn't fault her for any of that. I mean, she just has to deal with the world that he created. So the other thing is that supposedly, even though Harry Styles is a very charismatic public figure and singer, Mm-hmm. He might not be the best actor, is what oh. people are saying. Didn't he do a good job in, I didn't see it, but didn't he do a good job in 1917 or? Now that's the what other thing. So people note that movie and okay. his role in it is apparently brief and he has troubles with accents in apparently this new movie. So in oh. 1917, he's more in his, you know. He's playing zone. himself. Yeah. yeah. And in this, he apparently, it's like Brad Pitt and Troy, where it's like, what, I'm sorry, what accent are you doing right now? Are we Southern? Are we British? Are we American? Like, you know, it's just this constant wave is what I hear. So there's that. Okay. And I feel like with that, the weirdness that apparently Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles are dating 
but they don't even sit next to each other. Okay, so I heard about that. Is that <laughs> is that because they're trying to diffuse this? Like they're not being lovey-dovey on the circuit or whatever on the promotional tour? It's a little late though, isn't it? Like they've been I think so, but that's where that doesn't make sense because they've already been like very openly public together. I don't know. I think they're messing this up. Yeah. It's just it's super it's just so ridiculous. So but yeah, I like told I told the man I'm like, I cannot wait for this movie to come out because it just sounds like it's gonna be a fucking awful train wreck, and I'm so excited to see it. Like that's the thing, is it sounds like it maybe isn't the greatest movie, and that's kind of a part of it. And then this is just gonna add to that. Right. And it's, you know, going to become one of those kind of cult classics, if you will, but in the wrong way. By the way, that Mano's Hands of Fate. I need it. I I need it. need it. And I, ugh. Like, oh, I ran out. I just can't make any more. Liar. How dare you? Liar. I've never, I mean, like, if ever a a business needed to be annexed by the government, we need it. I never thought to put it on Amazon. I'm going to Mano's Hands of Fate poncho. I don't know. I've never searched for it on Amazon. It might be on there. That one looked amazing. That's all I know. I know. Anna, it really I looked, would, it looked like high end. I would. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, can you run to the store and get some yes. cream cheese for me? Wait one second, honey. I've got it. And you constantly have to be doing this with your arms. <laughs> like you get to the store and you're just like, where's the milk? Where's? <laughs> Anyways, back to Mozart. So I really hope you keep this in. This is all awesome. Back to Mozart. So Mozart, at this point, we're making a lot of connections. In the last year of his life, it's noted that his personality became one of extreme paranoia, which we, again, already established is a significant sign of severe lead poisoning. Yeah. And he even believed that he was being poisoned and was commissioned to write his own requiem. And this is what we've seen, too, from the movie Amadeus. And throughout his life, Mozart had recurrent, quote, violent headaches and fainting fits, end quote, which are two major indicators of lead poisoning. (sighs) And like we've mentioned, you know, a lot of people have this idea, like being poisoned and like, boom, you're done. With lead poisoning, it's a slow, long, accumulating hot mess for a lot of people. And especially too, if it's just this constant in your life, I guess. I don't know. Anyways, Mozart's cause of death is still considered inconclusive. And there was no autopsy performed, which I say, I just find that kind of weird. For somebody who is that famous, that there wasn't an autopsy performed seems kind of wild to me. I think we're in a weird spot in medical history. I don't know enough about this. I don't pretend to know enough about this, but uh, I wonder how uh, common or expensive or... True. I know that surgeons and people that cut open bodies were considered barely doctors until the invention essentially or the establishment of the laboratory of the laboratory well and also we did just mention like a few minutes ago how the doctors at the time were giving his mom strictly wine and rhubarb powder and refusing to give her fresh water so maybe (laughs) that that's just it is before like if you were a a quote-unquote surgeon if you were someone who researched by cutting open actual human beings you what you weren't doing is studying and supporting like the theories of Galen or Aristotle and mm-hmm. talking about humors and leeches and whatever like so it was a much more surreal they thought they knew it all they thought they knew everything the ancients had given them all they needed to ever know yeah apparently about rhubarb wine and 
rhubarb powder <laughs> mixed into oh, wine. So that, that, that's why I didn't powder. go to medical school. Yeah. Yes. So not just lovely wine, but a grainy powdered wine. Ugh, yeah. I just no. want a Fiji water. Just give me a bottle of water. Just give me, please, a Fiji. Uh, uh, so again, no autopsy performed. And okay. I find it so fascinating. Actually, he was a celebrity too. He so he, okay, yeah. That's what I'm I think. Sorry. Like, why would you not want an autopsy when it's a public figure? I get it. So, this Joe Schmo who like died of a sickness. Right. I'm like, I don't know. But especially when six months prior to his death, he's claiming he's being poisoned. Why with that would you not perform an autopsy? I'm growing that's, more that's and more suspicious now. Yeah. So Very researchers, weird. yeah. So researchers quote have suggested more than a hundred causes of death, including acute rheumatic fever, trichinosis, influenza, mercury poisoning, and a rare kidney ailment, end quote. Now highlighting again, kidney issues also related mm -hmm. to lead poisoning. It's interesting because they highlight mercury poisoning, but I didn't see lead poisoning. I am adding that to the list because of everything. That 1000%. Yeah. So the paper that I read from the Royal Society of Medicine speculates that his death was a result of hypertensive cerebral vascular disease. What causes hypertension? Yeah. Blood poisoning. And they even make a note that his blood pressure was never taken. So they don't know whether or not he had high blood pressure in this article from the Royal Society of Medicine. So we can't speculate on that, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he had high blood pressure, especially with all those fainting spells too. The poison theory also comes from a supposed confession from the composer that you mentioned earlier, who is the other co-star of Amadeus. And that's Antonio Salieri. Is that, did I say it right? Salieri, yeah. This confession came when he was on his deathbed and he was supposedly senile and had a, a little bout of madness himself on his deathbed. Gee, so, okay. So <laughs> Mozart really did think he was writing his own requiem. That's true, right? Like mm -hmm. someone, he had that paranoia. He yes. had that belief. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then Salieri is saying like, yeah, like a kernel of perhaps truth in the story or like there's some factual i just love that they write off this groundwork yeah this confession though on his deathbed is oh whatever he's senile you can't believe anything he says but he fucking said it right now granted he had several years of people speculating that he was so it could you know that was already in his head i guess but again a reminder that mozart told his wife six months before his death that he believed he was being poisoned by aquatofana, which contains arsenic and lead. And so that's a very specific concoction that he believed. And that's something that is going to be the topic of another future episode because that's connected to 1600s Rome. Okay. So we need to watch this movie again. I just <laughs> I, know, I, I think this was in the movie. I think this was. <laughs> It was, right? Well, yeah. I definitely him being paranoid and the movie leans hard on Antonio being the person who's causing these yes. hallucinations, if you will. Because he thought there was that figure who was giving him the money and having him do all these things. And it so, supposedly was actually this, this guy. In the movie, was he poisoning him too? I remember him I paying... don't remember. I can't remember. We really have to watch this movie. I, <laughs> I hope there's like some like huge Amadeus film buff who's like, God damn it. 
just yelling at us right now. Yeah, well, let us know. I definitely know he was in charge of the paranoid manipulation of like hallucination. I remember when uh, one of the things, and I remember piecing this together in the when I saw it as a child. He corners like a maid and then says, "Like, how are they getting their money?" And he was selling these like he had six gold trinkets or however whatever number that person can yell at us in the comments and uh <laughs> he was like tell me when it's down to two you know and then yeah. he made his approach and i was like oh he's he's waiting till he's like at the edge and then he's gonna offer something and i was like like I'm the so people smart. came to brett kavanaugh oh exactly <laughs> yeah tell me when he's tell me when he's at his absolute most I, destitute yeah. and then we'll get it yeah, because that's the thing, too, that I, I didn't touch on is that he and it's the same, too, with Chopin. Like they got to this point where the money just wasn't there. <clears throat> so Amadeus, too, at both of them, like sick as they are and desperate, if you will, <clears throat> it's just it's sad. And especially for somebody like who's so brilliant. Yeah, he kind of really just uh, got the short end of the stick in life. <laughs> It appears that Mozart's cause of death will always be left to speculation since there's no autopsy. There's you know no blood work. There was a lot of bloodletting. I forgot to mention. I love how that was like their number one too was just bloodletting. Yeah, balance um, the humors. And I think that we've seen enough to speculate that accumulated lead poisoning could have been a significant factor in his demise. All we can do at this point is speculate. But I definitely want to rewatch Amadeus. Done. All F. Murray Abraham for life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All the symptoms yeah. are there. I read somewhere that he speculated his wife was poisoning him with the aquatophonic because that was actually used in 1600 Romes by women killing their husbands. Why would she kill him? What was the, what's the maybe speculation? The like maybe there was like a deal. I mean, people are always more famous in death. Was that a thing then? That's a good question. I don't know. Maybe it started with him. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know. I don't know how that industry worked, really. Like, I assume yeah. you would just have a patron who would just pay you to be smart. And I, I don't know. Yeah, the I money don't... just dried up. And that's the thing. So he, because that's, he was living the life. People were giving him all this money. And then it kind of was just like, now their attention is to this person instead. And, mm. you know, I'm sure that's the same thing that happened to Antonio Solari when he, you know, I'm sure he had his moment too, where he was the it guy and it turned to Mozart and it's just a famous uh not for the light fleeting yeah famous fleeting thank you famous fleeting but anyways that's all we have on the connections between Mozart's life and death connected to lead poisoning but if you have your own comments we'd love to hear them but that's all the time we have for now. Tune in next week. We won't, we won't speculate on movies we need to rewatch. <laughs> um, we can't say that. We can't that's actually say that. That's not true. Yeah, that'll probably happen. That is actually not true. But just tune in next week. We'll either be talking about lead poisoning or cult to corporation. Harry Styles. Oh. And Harry. <laughs> well, I'm sure we could find a connection. But anyways, <laughs> tune in next week, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to United States of Lead. Hosted by Andrea Elizabeth and Paul Kramer. Want to know more about this subject? Consider making a donation on Patreon, where you can unlock extended video episodes and bonus content like deep dives and exclusive interviews. Just a quick disclaimer, Andrea and Paul are not experts in lead poisoning. 
We do ask that you check our sources and read up a little bit more on your own. Thanks again for listening.